Have you heard? Metro by T-Mobile now includes Amazon Prime. Yes, enjoy the best of shopping and entertainment, movies, TV shows, music, free shipping, and much more. All included for just $40 per line for three lines. All on the T-Mobile network. Discover the smarter way. Metro by T-Mobile. That's genius. One offer per account. Offer subject to change. $12.99 per month value. Offer valid for new Amazon Prime members. Metro customers may notice reduced speeds versus some T-Mobile customers. Video at 480p. Capable device required. See store for details and terms and conditions. Hello and welcome to the Managing Richard Podcast. This is your host, Keon Sobani. It is Thursday, February 22nd. We are here um, on our second midweek show and third show of the week. Uh, a little bit of bonus content for you all because joining me on, I don't know, how how often do you join me now, Sam? What, seasonally? It must have been about, yeah, yeah, <laughs> six months ago, I think, the last time. Um, Sam Sharp, right, Castilla Guru. How are you doing, man? Uh, I'm good. I'm a tired, a tad ill, but... Just kind of getting over there, over the hill, and appearing on the other side, so a bit better. Um, we we try to every time we do a show afterwards, we're like, let's let's do this week, let's do this month, thing. and then it happens. <laughs> what? I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah. You, wow. At the moment, it's um, it's probably worth doing every six months. Uh, back back in those days, it, weekly would have been all right, but yeah. we'd struggle. I struggle at the moment, that's for sure. When when was the Castilla's dream team? The one you always talk about was it? 2000 uh 2016 that one ended and i have been there's been a tear in my eye ever since yeah i think mm. we could, now at this rate we can get away with once every five years we'll <laughs> yeah for sure yeah um i don't know how do you feel about the season are you bored yeah so bored yeah. um there there are moments that are good but it's just filled with draws and losses it's there's very little to be excited about i um I'm I'm kind of on the fence whether I so so last year I felt like I really had to sit through Castilla games. It, it's as if <laughs> I, I remember watching it and I, and I was watching it. I remember halfway through I was taking notes about it and then I thought to myself, you know what? It's not like someone is standing here with a gun to my head forcing me to watch this game. <laughs> you know, like I'm I a human being. I have often, free will. Yeah. I wow. have, I have well, free choice. I can go outside. <laughs> Interestingly, last year's team are doing very well. The players that have left. So. Yes. Uh, I can't say the same about this year's team. I don't think they will go on and recreate that at all. Well, I felt that way last season. And then this season, mm. when I watch it, I'm like, oh, my God, I didn't know. what. Like, you don't know what you have till it's gone. <laughs> no more yeah, Febas, sure. no more Valverde, no more Odegaard. Oh, I miss them. Who else am I missing? Who else was there that was fun to watch? Uh, Lionheart and Hermoso are both That's right. yeah, yeah. Um, doing very well this By the year. way, wow. are you surprised about Hermoso's jump? Um... He was probably the best defender last year. I mean, it is surprising that he's played so regularly, but it was you. You could see it happening, uh, even if it was quite far away. I um, I gotta say, I'm a bit surprised. I, I yeah, I, I, I thought it was okay. Like he kind of reminded me as as this like Sergio Sergio Ramos figure. I don't know if it was because of his long hair last year or what it was. <laughs> Um, and also, he looked taller next to the kids when he goes oh, and plays yeah. with Espanol. Really You're actually. like, wait a minute, is this the same guy? Second. This guy's yeah. like he scored two- a couple goals as well. Yeah, he 
and he was obviously the captain. I can imagine that that's a good uh, comparison to make. Well, this year he had didn't he make history with Espanol? He's like the first player to score three goals, <laughs> two of them in his own net, one in <laughs> one. <laughs> I, I, I would be gutted if I was him, but yeah, yeah. There was I saw him trending, and I, it was really strange. Um, <laughs> I suppose it's good he scored at least. <laughs> I mean, he's been good, all things considered. <laughs> yeah, no, he has been yeah. very good. Um, to the point where he, if I was him, I'd be looking at that Real Madrid squad and looking for a place in, at some point in the near future. You'd never know. Well, generally speaking, would you say defenders have a better chance of the first team coming from Castilla? I don't think so it's, no. it's about where the gap opens up and mm-hmm. it can be anywhere it's, it's usually pretty random um but you could all you can do uh, is progress as fast as possible and and keep working hard there's there's nothing nothing is ever certain with Real Madrid I don't think well last year we were trying to figure out what to do with Diego Llorente and then we ended mm. up selling him and I and, yeah which and is I, a shame yeah well I was thinking like this year, going into this season, it was really tricky what to do with Diego because on one hand, you only have four defenders. So you have Ramos and you have Varane, Vallejo and Nacho. Four really mm. good, reliable defenders. And then you look at their track record. Varane is injury prone. Vallejo is injury prone. Ramos is a yellow card machine. And so then you wonder, you could bring Diego Llorente in as a fifth choice center back and it's risky. And he stifles mm. his development. And then, but on the other hand, wouldn't it be nice to have that security? It turns out I think he would have played, I think, a good number of minutes this season if, if he was here. Um, mm. But he's doing he's doing good at uh, Sociedad, you know? I think he will always play at quite a high level throughout his career. So it's not much of a problem to have. He's not going to fall off the radar, but uh, it, a little, it's a shame, a tiny bit. Um, do you have any updates on Leonhardt? Um, he was doing so well. He made his his international debut for the for the Austria senior team, which was fantastic. He was starting games. He was starting in and out for uh, for Freiburg, but then he picked up. I don't know what injury it was, but he picked up an injury that kept him out for a couple of months, and he hasn't really cemented his place or regained his place in the side since then. Um, I know he plays every now and then, but I don't think uh, his rate of progression was as quick as it was when he when he first joined. That being said. Um, at the end of the season, he could not play at all, and he still would have had a decent season. So, um, I'm impressed with him. Uh, I don't know about you. I mean, I haven't seen anything from him. Like he, we own him, right? Like we we have a. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. He's only on loan. He's yeah. he's not even a buyback option. He's going to come back to us. The last time I saw him play, I think, was in person actually, and that was the game where he scored that nightmare on goal. Remember? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was during a time where every like actually that was like peak Castilla um, in terms of entertainment and interest because there was an emotional and um, actually there was things at stake. Mm, we had yeah. to like win those string of games, right? To, to ten games to go, they um, yeah. they were looking pretty good. They just kind of I can't imagine they. I don't think they won. They won maybe one or two games out of those ten games. So mm. it was yeah, the stakes were high, but they um, they just they didn't rise to the challenge at all. Leonhardt, um, he is part of like you started this column, which you update what every now and then, like you have yes. this talent tracker thing. So who yeah, was you part me of out it? with the, uh, the name there? He's going to be on that for sure. Um, yeah. Who else do you have on there? We're going to have obviously Erdegaard's been done, Valverde's been done. Mm-hmm. Um, every young talent you can think of, I I put out a poll to the public, and some great names got back. Sergio Diaz is going to be on there. 
Um, I think even Hermoso was on there, Alex Febas. Um, it's, it's, there's a big job on my hands because there's over a dozen names that have been put out to me. But we um, don't own Hermoso anymore. Uh, I, there will be a buyback option, I'm sure. He's, okay. It's not alone. He does play for Espanyol, but he um, certainly will have Real Madrid in his mind, I'm sure. So, <clears throat> um, a bunch of you name a bunch of people on that list. Um, Sergio Diaz suffered mm. a really bad injury, unfortunately. This was towards the I don't know. This was in the fall time, right? It was terrible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's not. He's not back now. He won't be back for the the season. And before that, he wasn't. It wasn't going well for him anyway. So he wasn't playing, right? Yeah, and when he was, um, he wasn't really impressing. I don't think so. I mm. caught one of his games. He scored a penalty in the game. It was in the Copa del Rey, um, but I, it's it's gone pretty wrong for him since joining Real Madrid, which is sad to see. Um, there's a like there's so we have two players in that division in Segunda. One is Diaz, one is Febas. Um, yes, that we that we still have the rights to, yeah. Right, and every weekend generally, I will well before before Diaz got injured anyway, I would check the schedule. I'll be like, okay, Diaz and Febas are both playing today, and there would be times where I had to choose one or the other. <laughs> yeah. And then you take the starting lineups and Diaz was never in it. Like, never. No, no. He, so um, it made the choice easy to watch Fabas. When you, when you watch him as a player, Diaz, he's not the same player that, that he was when he joined Madrid. So um, it's, it's a difficult kind of situation to be in, but I just hope he recovers as a footballer uh, that can kind of sustain a top level or at least around a top level, second division kind of level for the rest of his career. But he's gonna it's gonna be hard work for him because he simply I don't think he's the same player. And what do you what do you think it's down to? Is it, it like a really the repositioning from Solari? Does it really hurt him that I badly? I really think that that is um, the majority of his problems have come from that uh, that kind yeah. of repositioning. Obviously, the injury's terrible, um, and it's going to be a massive setback for him. But ever since. Um, he was pushed out wide. He he was moving differently. His confidence dropped. Uh, his goals didn't come anymore. He didn't score a single goal for the rest of the season. Um, I don't mean he got an assist either for the rest of the season. He was isolated in games. He was getting frustrated. And I think it really highlights the importance of kind of this development and playing these players in these positions. Obviously, with Martin Erdegaard, it's the opposite has happened. He's actually turned into quite a good winger. Um, but with Diaz, it just it hasn't happened. And when that became obvious... It should have been reverted straight straight away, but it, in the end, it never got reverted, and and I think it's damaged him, perhaps beyond repair, especially for his his Real Madrid hopes. They, I think they they've been shattered into a million pieces. It's crazy and it's sad. I mean, mm. do you remember? Like, I remember how excited we were when he first signed. Oh, he's amazing. There, there I really was... thought we were gonna we were gonna challenge based on him alone because he was yeah. carrying the team. He was unbelievable, and yeah. he was. There was like it really peaked when he was scoring like a couple goals a game, and then a few games in, he scored that goal from halfway. Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The goal of the season, yeah. And that it became <laughs> That's like confidence. Yeah. yeah, it became this thing where like, oh, if even if you don't follow Castilla, you better tune in just to watch this kid. That's mm. that's how you've excited got, we were. You've got the confidence to shoot. He did it a few times, and it was always it was never far off of the goal. Mm. Um, you've got that confidence to try things like that, and then it just disintegrates based on one decision. I just, I will never understand why he never got the chance to play in the middle again. It's it'd be it'd be one thing if he was struggling, right? Yeah, but exactly. Yeah. To to ruin that momentum and a player who's clearly it's, dominating it, in that position really, is clearly it, efficient. It affected Castilla as a team yeah. their season massively as well. 
And and who was it that actually essentially took his place? Because Diaz went to the wing, and, and was it Campuzano uh, who was getting a bunch of minutes? Who else was it? Uh, it was Nikos Vergos played oh, yeah, at the time. Vergos. He's he's at Olympiacos now. Yeah. Um, obviously, he was on loan from them anyway. But yeah, it was those two that shared the minutes. I've been watching Fevas enough this season because okay. I had made it an emphasis to right. to track him because I fell in love with him when, in Castilla. <laughs> what do you think? Um, he's good. Like there's so there's two main the essentially last season Castilla team. The engine was Fevas and Valverde. Yeah, oh, and massive. Both were fantastic, and a mm-hmm. lot of the, I've actually had debates and. In the end, I, I still don't think anyone really knows the answer is who has the higher ceiling, Valverde or Febas. Um, and a lot of people thought it was Valverde. And I was like, look, Valverde is fantastic. I don't know if you watch Febas at all because he was the best player on that team had that, that season. And mm. he was like this two-way midfielder who could kind of play like a Kovacic role where he carves and, and is like a ball carrier. Um, yeah. creates chances, does insane work defensively, just small, diminutive, but strong as hell and just pushes people off the ball somehow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing, but the thing, the difference was with Castilla, he was very ball dominant. So a lot of the play went through him and Valverde too. Yeah, yeah. With Saragossa, although he plays a lot, it, he doesn't have that same influence on the game, which is probably understandable like you're making yeah, a jump sure. to a better team um i don't know he also plays very high up the pitch with Saragossa. like he's not as much of a box-to-box presence which is fine oh um, really okay yeah and i think but i think that he just kind of is a passenger in that scheme he just kind of he's there if the ball comes to him great if not he's not mm. like they don't look to him so, yeah yeah so it's hard to gauge i don't know um it's this kind of position problem again i think very very similar to Valverde's problem this year. Who just... I mean, at least Febas is playing. Valverde just really hasn't played. Yeah. I mean, they... How many managers have they had this season? <laughs> well, they had Pepe Mel. They sacked Pepe Mel. They had got, Cristobal. It's now, isn't it? Now it's Seydorf, yeah. Yeah. Um, three. So well, three. <laughs> transition. I, wow. It just depends on which coach comes in with which ideas. He's injured now, isn't he? Yes, as far as I know. So I remember. I remember he started Sador's first game, and then he got Correct. injured something like twenty minutes in, which Correct. is massively unlucky. I the first Sador game, all I cared about, like you know, Sador <laughs> as a manager was like he's going to be there for a few months, and then he's bouncing, and it's not. <laughs> Depor is going to get relegated. Um, mm. I I only was concerned about Sador's first game. I checked the 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 lineup. I couldn't watch it. I checked the lineup to see what what Valverde's situation was, and he was starting. And I sent him a tweet, and I was like, "This is fantastic." Um, and then, like, I checked my notifications, like, what an hour later, and everyone's like, "He got injured." As like as soon yeah. as, and I was like, "Oh man, that really sucks!" Like, what? what how, it really sucks. It's really yeah. unlucky because he he played sport. Okay, so this is the other thing about Valverde is during the preseason, and you wrote about this, I remember, because he got called up to the Uruguay squad. Yeah, and he scored right. It's got the winning goal, yeah, on yeah. his debut. And there's like a picture of him and Suarez hugging him, and yeah, I yeah, was like, wow, this is real. Like this is this He's, is a huge jump really from a Castilla up, player, yeah, yeah. And then um, Deportivo, he had a really good preseason for them. Yeah. And one of the Deportivo journalists I've followed, who I haven't t- you know talked to in a long time, I don't know what he's doing, but uh, Chris Moore. Um, He's a huge Depor fan as well, and he was 
blown away by Valverde in the preseason. And I and but then he said the only concern is like, what's the point? Like we get to get excited about a player and then we know we're gonna lose him at the end of the year. So it's like kind of like it's hard to be too attached to a player and give him yeah. that much playing time knowing he's leaving. But he just didn't play and then he played sporadically under Pepe Mel and Cristobal, but he was playing out of position a bit. He was playing kind of to the the left and I've heard this, yeah, yeah, which is I can't imagine it at all. No, me neither, right? And then you watch him play, and then you're like, wow, he's completely like... And then you look at the stats after the game, you're like, wait, where was Valverde? And then you look at it, he has the least amount of touches on the pitch. It it doesn't Mm. sue him. Like He needs to be a funnel for possession. I mean, if there's one positive, it is that he is now a La Liga player. Um, It -hmm. took him one season. He came straight from Uruguay in South America, and he made that transition really, really quickly. Um... The, the problem with any player going on loan to a team that's going to struggle is one you've got competition for minutes and two you're not going to have much of the ball you're gonna you, the team morale is probably going to be lower than it would be a more mid-table team or a higher team um i thought it was the right move for him i won't lie to you obviously it, it turns out yeah. i still don't think it's it is the worst move he could have made but it turns out perhaps there there would have been better options well, it's it's hard to predict these things. Like you know, exactly. Yeah, we have hindsight. We didn't have it then, and I think we all universally agreed that this was a good move for him. Yeah, yeah, especially in preseason when he was. I think he scored from the halfway line even in preseason. He did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it it wasn't looking bad at all, especially when he's getting these call ups. He's still getting these call ups. He's now when he's not injured a Uruguay regular, a regular, in fact. So okay, so that's good. That was my concern. Was does this affect his World Cup spot? Does he get in? Do you think? That's a good question. I still think he does. I mean, the manager's shown brilliant faith in not just him, but all the other under-20s that made it to the, the semi-final of the... Was it the World Cup? Uh, there's, there's so many youth tournaments. I'm sure it was the under-20s World Cup. I can't they tell played you. It. They, made it to, they made it to the semi-finals. Um, there's that Ben Tankure for, the, for Juve, mm-hmm. Juventus. Mm-hmm. He's made a few squads. There's, there's plenty of youth players coming through. Um, so I think his... His space should be safe enough, depending on how fit he is, obviously. What has gotten you excited about Castilla this season? <laughs> um, Seuane, probably, yeah. would be the only thing. And he's been really, really good. Um, is he this? I you think remember. he's kind of like this year's Fabas or Valverde? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he reminds me of him a lot, just yeah. to, with, with the balance that he has. Um, the only good thing about Seuane compared to them is defensively, he's much more switched on. Mm-hmm. Um, offensively, he's probably not as uh, as kind of developed as them, but he has been a joy to watch this season. He's been really, really good. He's top scorer as well, joint yeah. top scorer. I mean, in a in a team that really has no goal scorer. Yeah, exactly. It's, so it's Ioane has picked it up, up, right? Picked up the slack it's, a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's been brilliant to watch. So he also has Khamey next to him, which um, I don't know how to... I'm not like crazy about him, but I think he does some good things defensively. I like, as, like him. kind of the he, defensive midfield, and they kind of work to me, well together. He's a slower Seoane, but they do work well. Yeah. Um, and, and he's he, more, more defensively. He's yeah, yeah, he's key. Um, we mentioned the that he's picked up the goal scoring load for Castilla, and this kind of that mm. kind of takes us into another discussion: is that where are the goal scorers in this Castilla team? Like, it's where interesting. Is the yeah. line? There's been another kind of winger problem: Cristo Gonzalez, who. <laughs> was probably the best player in preseason. He played up front. He scored a couple of goals. Um yeah. played as a winger, was moved moved to the to the wing straight away for something like 
17, 18 games, no classic, goals. He classic. has played, I don't know, he's played eight games now uh, as a striker since since uh, midway through the season. He's now the joint top scorer with five goals. Um, so I, I don't <laughs> want to pin it on Solari again, but the choices made by the management are incredibly poor at Castilla and they, they affect the results massively. Crystal's just not clinical. I, no, not at all. No, but his goal score since he's been moved to a striker, his goal scoring rate we I can't argue with it at all. Yeah, but five, what is five goals, Sam? What is five it? Must goals? be five five goals in nine games because for a Castilla I, I player, I can score five goals in Segunda. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, I I do rate Cristo as a striker a lot. I I know um, many people don't, but I think Cristo he's not our best striker for sure. But well, he, I I rate him. I, I it's not I rate Cristo as a player. I think he's a really good mm. player. Like you. He's a type of striker to me. It's like his benefit is in being clinical in front of goal, but it's really well, for sure. Yeah, it's it's linking up with his teammates. He drops deep. He makes passes. He kind of connects the dots a bit. And yeah, for sure. For that reason, I think he'd be better suited as like a shadow striker, where you don't have yeah, to yeah, rely yeah, on yeah, 100%. him. But he could create. Um, I think anywhere down that middle, maybe playing with another striker even might be right. a fantastic kind of experiment. But Salah, he um he just doesn't seem to be up for it. Um, the alt. So one, you know, you know, one of my favorite players in Castilla. I'd say top two favorite players is is uh, Danny Gomez, mm-hmm. and I'm heartbroken over this whole thing because he's not playing. Mm-hmm. And do you have any updates on him? Why isn't he playing? Is there still a? I mean, it's, it is only reports, so I can never be sure. But uh, these kind of contractual disagreements that have been reported have really affected him. And as soon as those reports came out, he stopped playing. So. I think that is most likely the case. I don't know why he wouldn't resign, um, because as soon as these reports came out, again his first team uh, involvement was was cut off completely as well. Uh, he's not been training. He's not been made any match day squads. Um, one thing I do find really confusing is just yesterday he started for the under 19s and he played I think the entire game and he has done throughout their campaign. I don't understand how. Perhaps if the club are going to take this stance where they want to block his minutes, they would allow him to play these minutes for for another Real Madrid side. I don't I don't quite get that. Well, then 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 it comes back to say it's not it's not the club that's deciding; it's the coach that's deciding. Because exactly, Gu- yeah, because Guti can be like, I don't care what what your problem with Solari is; he's playing mm. for my team. If he and it kind of it does it brings the microscope onto Solari that maybe there's something wrong there um, right. that hasn't been reported. It could be anything at this moment in time. I do think there is something in these in these kind of contract stories, but I think there's something a little bit more than that. I'm sure there is. Is his agent the family member or something? Is it his dad or something? Do you know? Oh, I couldn't tell you actually. Um, a lot of the time, they they take these kind of these companies to do it for them. Um, I see a lot of them follow me on Twitter, but I, it could be it could be his dad. I'm not sure. Who follows you on Twitter? Uh, there's there's a there's a company called Implica. I think they have. They've got three or four Castilla players that that, okay. um, that they act under their agency. So, um, my stance on this, if it really has anything to do with contract issues, these guys are freaking kids. Like they should mm, exactly, yeah. N- nobody should be hampering their development because of stupid contracts. This is not where they're going to make or break their careers at this moment. Like just if they um, end up re kind of renegotiating this contract and it all goes well. It's just development wasted for. Yeah. It's such a childish stance to take for a for a club or an organization such as Real Madrid. Yeah, who cares? The, the mm. contract right now really doesn't matter because you're talking about, let's say, 
pennies compared to the millions you'll make down the road. None of it, none of it matters. Right now. The, what matters right now is you just shut up and, and listen to your coach and play. Like, this is all that if matters. You're a player, kid. Yeah. yeah, if there's one player that can try and make the first team in the future, it, I think it would be Danny Gomez. I really do. Yeah, um, I love so, him. So, yeah, I, he's, he's great. Yeah, he's probably on his day their best player. I... The other, like when I watch Danny Gomez play, I also necessarily don't think that he is like uh, my evaluation of him. Is, I don't think he's like crazy talented or like a crazy goal scorer. What I um, see in him is that um, this is really cliche, and I'm trying to make it sound like it's not, but it kind of is. But I don't mean it to be. He's a he's a fighter, and he's a type yeah. of player who really wears the club's class crest on his sleeve and he will he's the type of player you would want to go to war with he doesn't back yeah, down yeah. from anyone he will do anything in his power to get to a ball to score a goal and he has kind of like that maledissimo spirit in him and I, and that's why i think i'm kind of drawn to him obviously he's crazy talented i, yeah, I yeah. don't know if he's i think half the reason why he's so successful is because of his mindset though do you know what i mean yeah i'd say so he obviously he loves a run with the ball when he when he has it um mm-hmm. And that that gives him a lot. And his finish, he's probably the best finisher in the team, I think. Um, Agreed. I see a lot of Mayoral from 15-16 in him, a lot. Um, oh. I can't remember how many goals. He's, I think Mayoral got 16 goals, maybe. And I think Gomez probably would have hit a similar number this year if he was given the, the playing time. Um, that being said, there there is obviously attributes to work on. Um, and this this whole problem has to be sorted as soon as possible. I think there was there was um, a rumor linking him to Valencia in January. I'm not sure if there was anything Ugh, in that. Gross. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just has to be sorted as quick as possible. Do and and what happened to Capuzano because he was a huge Solari oh, favorite. I can't. I don't know if there's any problem that I don't understand. I can't. I've got the stats up here. Gomez has still played almost 1,200 minutes. Camposano has played 500 minutes. That's weird. All season. Um, he scored two goals. He's played quite well when he's when he's come on. He's the top scorer last year. I don't, I don't understand. I don't know. I can't tell you anything about that because it's not like he was part of the Solari doghouse ever. Like he, mm. he usually got. I mean, good playing time. He got the place. He's probably one of the reasons why Sergio Diaz is in the state he's in now because right. of his his performances last year. Right. Um. I, I, I can't tell you why he's not playing. If if I was a manager, and I'm I'm going to be a terrible manager if I ever become one, I would definitely rotate those strikers a lot more. There's three really good strikers Castilla have there. Um. Do you do you know you know the questions that are coming up? Do you, is there anything you want to touch on Castilla before we move on to the questions? Um. Ta- oh, talk to I, us about this match fixing scandal. Okay. Um. This is pretty big. Um, luckily, obviously, all the headlines are going to include Real Madrid and Barcelona involved as well. All of the headlines I've seen have have those two names in the title. But in terms of actual involvement with uh, with match fixing, neither of them um, probably have any at all. Uh, I think they can probably feel unlucky in their games. Barcelona won twelve nil in a game in Segunda B, and. On the day, the manager of the team that lost 12-0 and a couple of the players were arrested straight off the bat um, for throwing the game. I don't think as Barcelona you can you can help that. You can't turn up and, and not play just because the team aren't going to try and win the game. Sure. Um, in terms of Castilla, it was, um, the game that's been listed was quite recent. It was in November against uh, Caseda and we won 2-0. I've checked my updates. I've checked the highlights 
and the game was perfectly normal. I'm sure there's nothing in it. But that being said, I've done a lot of research on match, fi- match fixing and um, and how it can work. And perhaps there's no way of ever really knowing because there are some dirty teams in, in Segunda B and these kind of betting companies might put a significant amount of money on a number of fouls to reach, for instance, and you would hmm. never know. You would never be able to tell the difference or the amount of throw-ins that one team gets in a, t- in a single game. There are such conspicuous kind of factors that go into this that um, I certainly would not want to be a police officer investigating this because it, it can happen right under your nose. That's cheeky. Like I, I always, is. I always thought about you know match fixing is in terms of just results, the win result. draw, yeah, yeah. Moves, but I, now there's so many different wrinkles and things you can do like uh, within a game, like cards and fouls that you could really get creative. Not it, that you I find should. it fascinating in a weird way. Yeah. Um, obviously, money talks for for many Segunda B players and 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 below those kind of divisions because. Unlike the the reserve players at Real Madrid, Barcelona, their their career prospects aren't going to be that high. Um, so I find it fascinating that there could be hundreds, if not thousands, of of culprits here, players, staff alike that that could be in on this. Um, that being said, it is very worrying because you you from now on I'm going to kind of have a different thought every time I watch a game. You never know if something dodgy is going on. Um, in terms of Real Madrid Castilla being involved in actually match fixing. Um, it's safe to say that it just realistically it's not. There is going to be none. Um, one thing we know for sure is that it's it's impossible for it to be match fixing in terms of winning games. We have yeah, no... oh, it would be so obvious, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, no, um, that would be that would be a pretty stupid kind of operation to to try and pull through. Okay, well, let's flip the switch and instead of slandering them, let's let's talk about a couple minor mm-hmm. positives. So you mentioned Sayawani. Yeah, uh, you even mentioned uh, Jaume, and yeah, uh, I. One of the things that um, was interesting is beyond the fact that, by the way, they probably pl- Castilla played better against Juan Labrada than the A team did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, like just days before. Um, yeah, there has been like a minor hot streak happening in the past what two three months. Yes, um, probably. I would have More? to check, but I think it was Solari's um, best ever run. It happened. Must have been. They came out the back of it um, in December, at the end of December, and then since then they've won two games in seven. So yeah, so they've cooled uh, off again. <laughs> yeah, but that being said, a nine-game unbeaten run. Yeah, um, it's safe. Uh, the Salto Vigo game, which was the pinpoint of the season, um, was the second game of that nine-game run. They went one 0 down in that game, and. When they want a one nil down, I've got this app that shows the table as as it happens live in play. Mm-hmm. And Real Madrid Castilla were, I think, second bottom when they want one nil down. And I was thinking, here we go. Mm-hmm. I was watching it in a university lecture on <laughs> on silent, and I was just I was fuming. My head was gone. Um, they've come back and they've won four one somehow. And since then, wow, they've just never looked back. Relegation's not even a thought anymore. The fact that it was is something in itself, but. They've done pretty well since then. I actually remember watching that game, and I felt the same way you did because when they mm. were down, um, they, didn't they, they also get a red card? Yeah. Oh, good question. Um, I can't remember. That being said, they weren't the better team by a while, so a four-one result was incredible. That was, if I remember correctly, that was one wild last game, and there was a ton of fights. Um, 
Mm. Oscar, because I remember sometime during the span, Oscar got a. Red... Oh yeah, no, I think he that might have been the game for sure. Yeah, because Oscar got two red cards. He got two in, in very. In a... Yeah, and, four yellow. Uh, yeah, and both of them were a joke because he didn't do anything to warrant the red card. Mm. Such as just the, the state of reference. I remember both of them were identical. He went up for a header, I think. Yeah, and and, and uh, second yellow both time. Exactly. I think the referee thought he used his elbow or something. Yeah, yeah. Sayoane scored in that game. I remember, maybe even a double. And so at that point, you're like, wow, this is really rock bottom. And then they flip it. And then they go on this crazy run after that. Yeah, yeah. And the last time you came on this podcast, it was a patron podcast. This one is open to everyone. But I think one of the things that we briefly mentioned at that time, it was like kind of during this run or like at least two or three games into it. And it was at that time we had Solari had just discovered this new-ish scheme with mm. Quesada's his only reinvention that's ever worked. <laughs> um, and even that's probably killed uh, his first in chances, which is a shame. Mm. So he can't do anything right without being too rude. Um, but if they lost that game, I don't want to think where they would be now. I think they would be relegation would be a real possibility and. If that ever happened, that would be a complete tragedy for for the club as a whole. That would their, be their rest, rest in peace. Be. Rest in peace. It really would be. Wrap it up. It's done. Close the close the Castilla. Like, what is there to be relegated from at this point? What's the next? I mean, the fourth division. I went to I went to work for Nike. I was lucky enough to to work for Nike for a month in the summer, uh-huh. and um, everybody there played in the fourth division. It's just their local teams. Um, it it isn't a standard. There's there's a few B teams in there, but it would be tragic. I, I wouldn't I don't think I could follow them anymore that would be the end of Castilla of, it would be the yeah. worst um luckily they're not they're not gonna that's not gonna happen to them right like they I think not anymore safe. luckily yeah, no they're, 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 they're not yeah. gonna make playoffs but they're safe no no um so maybe just quickly we'll touch on this Quesada thing. So I mentioned that Danny Gomez is in my top two. Number one is Quesada. <laughs> of course. He's really just like this likable, not only character, but um, as a player, he's he's just solid all around. Like yeah. he's maybe not a 10 in anything except for like crossing and free kicks. Oh, his crossing is amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's unbelievable. And But he's... So when Solari moved him from left back to left wing... Then you, then you have Regulion as left back. And then I, th- I thought yeah. the two of them He's worked well together. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. It's, and it's just solid Reg- defensively. Regulion um, played left winger last. He was out on loan at Legrones. And he played left winger last year for the whole season. He was one of their top scorers. So Interesting. It's, I find it very strange that Quesada was, was pushed forward rather than Regulion. But right. it's it has worked. It's, it's been pretty good. Um. It it makes that 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 flank good defensively, and yes, I mean one of the things that he's Casada's even done, which is surprising. He's you've even found him like cutting in and meeting crosses and scoring headers. Well, like it he, happened like uh, once or twice, right? But that I've that's pulled a, his yeah. put his stats up. He is the top assister mm-hmm. by a while, and he is the second top scorer. Amazing. So they're obviously no Castilla stats are going to blow the world alight. But in terms of if you put the context into it, his stats are very good. Yeah. Mm. Um, we often talk about Castilla and their woes with the ball. Yeah. Defensively, I don't think we've ever really had a complaint about them. I think this is the best they have been in a long, long time. And you look at the players that have left them in the last couple of years. We've got Bundesliga players, La Liga players, players that are trying to get into the first team. Right now, 
um, they they are a unit. They're solid, um, and you feel an element of safety with them every single time that they step out onto the pitch. You don't think, oh, they can see quite a lot, to be fair, but you, you never think they're going to concede more than Castillo are going to be able to try and score. Yeah. Um, mm. Let's take questions. So we have two questions from patrons, um, and if you listen to this, maybe it's your first time. Maybe you're maybe you're a, a Castilla uh, fan and you're listening to this podcast. We do this twice a week, and once every five years, Sam comes and we talk about Castilla. <laughs> Um, but but otherwise, um, Sam does write articles on managerimager.com about Castilla. Uh, and both of us are accredited to Castilla games. And Sam Sharp, if he doesn't tell me next time he goes to Madrid, I'm going to kind of pull his ear. <laughs> Stop paying for Castilla tickets. Just, just Apologies. Yeah. Um, mm. This question is from Essa Hairi. Oh, by the way, patreon.com slash managerimager is where you can go to pledge and get different rewards. So this question is from Essa Hariri. He says... What are your updates on Martin Odegaard and Vinicius Junior? Junior, please, if any, thanks. Let's start with Odegaard. Mm, Martin Odegaard, he's I've said that completely wrong, but he is one of my favourite players ever. He, watching him is like eating unlimited candy. It's amazing. Um, he's just coming back from an injury kind of problem himself. He was out for a couple of months, maybe mm-hmm. a month tops, and um, he started slow, obviously, as, as players do, but. Um, there was one game a couple of weeks back where some of his highlights have been shown across the world again because I, I don't know if you've seen it. Have you seen one of his his nutmeg skills? Um, this is recently. Yeah, yeah, a couple of weeks ago. He it was a flip flap. I think I, I gone, did, but I can't remember. I, I see it's so gone many highlights. Through matey's legs so cleanly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a, I, I'll send it to you after this. It's amazing. Um. I, I feel like I did, but everything is... Highlights are such a blur to me. I don't know what I've seen and what I haven't seen. But it sounds familiar. Oh, it's incredible. <laughs> that helps. Um, Odegaard has been really good. And last mm. night on the... We had a patron podcast. And we were talking about Ceballos and Llorente. And, and kind of the disaster in terms of... Like, yeah. why bring them in if they're not going to play? Why... If you, if you knew from the beginning that their chances of breaking into the team at all were this low... And they were both key cogs in their team last season. Why even do that to them? Just if you knew this from the beginning, why, why stifle them? Just send them back out on loan. And um, anyways, and, and I, and I mentioned to Gabe, I was like, I really like the way we handle Odegaard. And I don't understand why we don't handle all of our youth kids this way. The fact that there's been no rush with him. We've been patient with him. Mm. We've let him develop. This is the second season on loan now. We didn't bring him back into the team and, and say, hey, sit here and watch, you know. it's he, he just, These players, these kids just have to play game in, game out. That's that's ultimately the bottom line. Um, For sure, yeah. It's how basically Mayoral got, in my opinion, got destroyed. Um, he's he's not the same player. Like now, even when he plays, he's not the same player he was with Castilla. Because oh, he, really? just, he went through a, a year of of nothing. He, was, mm. he didn't play, right? Yeah, no, not at all, really. So to come in and bring him back and and try to encourage him and and play these big games, it's it's tough for him. And I and the same thing with Ceballos and Llorente. Like we see him, we see them play once every month or two, mm. and then they come in with these huge expectations and pressure on their shoulders because they barely play now that they have to prove themselves, and they they don't look good. And then and then we get mad at them. We get mad at you know everyone. <laughs> 
else to bring them in and whatever, and it's not their fault. They're cold, they're unfamiliar with the team, they don't have match rhythm, and none of this is good for anybody. And I like the way we've dealt with Odegaard, and I thought we should replicate that because it's working. Um, there's been no rush with him, and he's been fantastic with here. I mean, just really mm. great, yeah. I mean, he is such a complex case. I don't think there will be anything like him ever again because the the media backlash yeah. uh, has been extraordinary. And, and he, still. I don't know if, if Real Madrid have put him into some sort of management kind of classes to deal with this, but he has just carried on throughout. It's been a couple, maybe even three years now, and he's just soldiered on for everything. I don't think there are many players who would crumble under that kind of uh, magnification. And but again, yeah, the, the the management has been fantastic for Real Madrid, and it and it won't get highlighted ever. Um, the only thing I would say, mismanaged mismanagement, kind of, oh, I've messed up my sentence there. The only thing I would say hasn't been handled correctly would be perhaps when he was at the club, his first team involvement wasn't good. When you say someone like Tejero has, he's almost double figures in in Real Madrid appearances. Martin Odegaard had two two appearances in two years. Um, I'm not sure that was quite good enough, but. At the same time, it's not about putting these youth players into these situations. Obviously, Real Madrid is a first team; they're, they're a results-based uh, team, and they've got to they've got to win the game first and foremost. So, it's it's a it's a really complex case. But I do I like the way that they've handled him. Yeah, I don't get these Tejero call-ups. Like, is he maybe he's <laughs> best friends with Luca Zidane, and they're over at their house every day? I mean, and... he's almost double figures, which is if that was Erdogan, I'd be pretty happy with that kind of that. Um, that result if, it, yeah. if he was playing that kind of regularly I mean that's not regularly but he is involved consistently in that kind of manner um, I like to Harrow but mm, ten, 10 appearances is a lot for a for a player who's really not even a standout exactly yeah I yeah. mean he he's great and he's especially in that 15-16 season he was really great but mm-hmm. in terms of the talent that, that was on show in that year there he he doesn't make maybe even the top 5 list there um the thing I always have like one year it seems like I have one guy on loan where I, who I really gravitate to and watch as many games as possible last year was Marcos Llorente mm-hmm. and this year it's been Odegaard um, apart from these last couple months where he, where he yeah, was injured yeah. um, it really has been a joy to track his his trajectory and his development because he went through so much criticism with Castilla because like um, God forbid he has a couple of bad games when he first signs in a new country and a new language and a new style and and he's new he's position even new position and he's a kid by the way yeah 15, 15 16 years <laughs> yeah. old um he's been with here and being um I've written columns but and I haven't looked at up to date stats since he got injured but at the time he he was playing um before his injury he uh was I think the fifth, uh, fifth in Eredivisie in terms of key passes played. Mm, I've seen this. He, his the way he dribbles in tight spaces, he almost <laughs> thrives in it. Like if you hound him with Maybe. three or four players, a light sl- switches on and he's like perfect. I can suck in all these defenders and then just torch them. And the way he mazes in and out of these challenges, the way he plays through balls and and he can create from deep. And I think if it's his team. The problem is his teammates are all terrible finishers. Oh, I've I've been so disappointed. I don't want to. 
uh, like I don't want to criticise an entire nation, but I've been ridiculously disappointed with Dutch football. Ever, it's like watching Castilla this season. Um, these key parts, some of them are a thing of beauty, and um, some of the shots and the finishing is just remarkable. Yeah. I know Holland as a as a nation have really kind of stagnated as, since in the last kind of few years, um, mm-hmm. and I hope they get it back together. But I've never been more disappointed at the standard of a top league ever. I don't think. He has one or two moments a game where he plays a perfect pass and sets up a wide yeah, open did. teammate and his teammate can't finish. And he, <laughs> he would be leading the league in assists. There's no question if his It'd teammate can finish. I mean, he is one of the most intelligent players I have ever seen. Um, the way he sees things. There, there is so much to work on. Finishing wise, very poor. His, his goal numbers, really, really poor. Um, I don't think you can blame him for for any assist numbers that that aren't quite no. up to standard of Real Madrid right now. But he, the way he thinks, he sees things that I don't even think I could see if I rewatched the game ten times over. It it is amazing, and I really, really hope more than anything, almost that I get to see him play for the first team one day, um, in a, in a competitive environment where he's really, really competing for a starting spot because he I. I've fallen in love with him over the last few years. I can't lie to you. I think if um, if if his performances now are an indication of what kind of player he'll be, and he mm. keeps keeps taking leaps and he keeps improving, I think he's I think he's going to be. If he's surrounded with better finishers and better players in La Liga, oh. he can lead the league in assists. Like that's amazing. He, he he will be. He can go to the top one hundred percent. He's still so young. Stylistically, who do you compare him to? Because I get asked this question often and I'm wondering what you think. Interestingly, I think if I was going to compare him to anyone, it would be Luka Modric. I won't lie to you. He's he's oh. a, a more attacking Luka Modric and less defensive. I really think that there, there's something in that. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. Um, in terms of elegance, he's certainly elegant. Mm. With the ball. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, to me, it's someone like Messi or Ozil. He's like yeah. a faster Ozil. Ozil's very good, actually. Yeah, that's a good comparison. He's a fast Messi's... Ozil. That's what he is. Because the, com- he, he kind of, the Messi comparison comes in because <laughs> he gets the ball from deep on the right flank and yeah. just goes. And, yeah, and yeah. no one can take the ball from him. And, you know, kind of Messi, this is what he does. He, the ball glues to his feet and he dribbles and he, start, and he usually cuts in from the right. And then he mm-hmm. can do these cross-field switches when he cuts in because the defense is collapsing. And Odegaard <laughs> kind of has that in his in his skill set. For sure, yeah. Yeah. I like that as a comparison a lot, I think. Um, Vinicius Jr. <laughs> I'll be honest. I, I feel inadequate um, talking about Vinicius because he's the one guy I just haven't watched play. I've seen mm. highlights and I don't feel qualified to answer this. I mean, I don't know anything about Brazilian football. Um all we could talk about regarding Vin- Vinicius, <laughs> good name, um, is where he will end up when he when he makes that transition to Europe, mm-hmm. uh, potentially next season. And there's been talk of Castilla, and perhaps it would be for the best, but for the price tag Real Madrid uh, paid for him, I think that that pushes Castilla out of the question. Mm. Um, and the level that he's at is probably above Castilla anyway, so it's not a problem. Um, the best thing that I think can happen to him is that he comes here and he finds a suitable loan move. 
do you have anywhere in mind or uh i know so little amount as a player i couldn't really tell you as high as possible where he's where he's going to get relevant minutes is all i could say yeah um <clears throat> i've only seen highlights from him and mm. when you when that is your measuring stick of a player i just feel like it's not fair i i would feel yeah. like i would become one of those you know those Oz journalists or BN journalists who <laughs> criticize Odegaard without watching yeah, yeah, him play. You know that's yeah. what I would feel yeah, like doing. So I just don't feel like. I will say like from the highlights I see, I'm like you know there was one just yesterday I saw. Or was it today? I don't. I can't remember. He scored the other day. I know that he much. scored, and then they had yeah. like this video of like oh Vinicius dances and and <laughs> and all he's doing he's he's doing like a hundred stepovers, which are which the defender is not fooled in the least and doesn't even budge. And then this became like a viral video, like, oh my uh, God, this guy is this guy is reincarnation of... <laughs> who knows? <laughs> I don't know. Like, these things, like, it's, we just don't know. He's an unknown right now. That's, that's I all. mean, I would love to see him because, dude, don't get me wrong, but I just think yeah, morally, too. morally there would be problems there. Um, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, this next question is from a patron, and it's not Castilla related, but I promised Nick I'd take it because my bad, I missed it on the patron podcast. Um, uh, so I apologize, Nick. So the question is, uh, and it came in before the win against Leganes last night. So first, hell of a win on Sunday. It's nice to finally see this team putting chances away. A few questions. First, is it safe to say that Varane has finally reached the elite level? It feels like we've been waiting every season, but for me, he's been a beast specifically this year. Second, is this the year perfect time for Zidane to start experimenting with this lineup. Um, with us out of La Liga and with a few games before a tough test in Paris, um, is a lineup with Bale, Ronaldo, Isco, Asensio, Modric, and Kroos a real possibility going forward or just a pipe dream? Thanks for everything, Halamadji. No question about Varane. I think there's a few people, like one in ten people like you come across um, are are kind of just not there. like, And they don't... They criticize Varane and, and think he's had a poor season. I told Om this a couple podcasts ago. I just don't trust these people on any level. Like it's, <laughs> it's um, it's one of them where you can tell if someone's genuine straight off the bat by what they're saying. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. I I couldn't imagine living in a world where I didn't rate Varane. <laughs> Um, this season has been such a disaster defensively for so many reasons which we've Mm. broken down in so many podcasts and so many tactical analysis and videos and columns and they've all been issues of scheme and defensive transition and lack of coverage and again I think generally if you blame individual players for the bulk of the problems this season you just really um, you're not zooming out and and providing the proper context and in in a season where Real Madrid has been ripped apart defensively and they've left their central defenders for dead and Varane being one of those guys who has to mop up consistently by himself and he's looked this good. Um, just imagine how good he'd look like in an actual proper defensive scheme. So, so Sam, this the question about the lineup, this Bale, Ronaldo, Isco, Asensio, Modric, and Kroos together is something I've been an advocate for. They're your... They're your best six offensive. They're your best six top six players. Like, yeah, those six are your best players in those positions. Um, and I've been calling for this. And my my theory is that you don't need Casemiro because we've seen the team suffer no defensive drop off without Casemiro. And uh, 
the reason you can get away with it is because when you have a packed midfield and you control possession, you defend with the ball, you play a bit of a higher line to snuff up counters, you implement a counter press, you don't really need an anchor. And you actually put yourself in a better position to win because you're controlling the tempo completely. And yeah. when your midfield is packed with Modric and Cruz, which, by the way, we finally saw the modric Cruz double pivot experiment. I don't know if we've, and like we've been curious to know what it would look like, and it looked really good um, a couple games ago. Uh, what was what was the game? Uh, I'm drawing blanks now. I'll have to go back. But uh, it was against Sociedad. Sorry, Sociedad. Oh, yeah. Um, and it looked really good. And then if you surround them with Isco and Asensio and Bale, you have two-way players who can help defensively and control the tempo and Ronaldo who can just finish chances on the, you know. So I yeah. think it, it would work. I'd love to see it. I don't think we'll ever see it in a big, meaningful game. But I can see it, Nick, at least in in the league. Um, because we know Zidane likes to rotate in the league and just try thing, try new things. Back to Castilla. Um, Jan One on Twitter says, are there any young, young goalkeepers in our academy slash Castilla at the moment? Like someone might have a chance to challenge Kiko in the future um, so that we don't need to throw our money at De Gea or Kepa. Tell us about Castilla goalkeepers. Um, I mean, gaps are going to open up. Uh, in the first team, uh, Kayla is, I mean, he's he's aging slowly. Uh, is aging. Lucas Zidane is not going to be a Real Madrid first team player for very long. Um, there is free spaces available. Um, and players that will be able to take one of those spaces. In terms of actually challenging for maybe a starting spot in goal, I don't think uh, there's a single player in Castilla or the older age groups of the academy that, that it has that kind of potential uh, Moha Ramos has probably the highest ceiling there, um, but I think uh, it would be criminal to underrate Javier Bauman at this this kind of point in time because he has been really really good. He's been almost phenomenal borderline this season. Um, yeah. His last couple of games have been a bit shaky, especially um, two games ago where he had his the worst game I've ever seen him have. But he's been really really positive this season and um, probably the best Castilla goalkeeper for the past three or four years, which is there's been some good keepers that have come through. Um, I know Carlos Abad would have been perfect for the, the third choice this season, but um, I think Real Madrid opted not to spend one or two million euros on him, which is when you've got Lucas Zidane on your bench is uh, a terrible decision. Um, but The best thing I, you ever said was when you when you said Lucas Zidane is in the team because it's like take your take your son to work day. <laughs> he um interestingly he's come back though. He was injured for for months and he he is back. Um mm-hmm. but he's not playing for Castilla which is I find intriguing because usually when he returns he he fully returns like he'll take anyone's place regardless of how well they're playing or how badly he's he's been playing. Um as of now he's just been kind of kind of lingering around the first team. Um yeah, so it'll be interesting is, to see if he makes a return. Which is weird, because if he's not playing for Castilla, why is he getting called up? Yeah, yeah, I don't understand. Um, that being said, I don't want him to come in and replace Bauman at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do find that a tad strange. Lucas Zidane is... Um, he's kind of one of those players you want to succeed, obviously, but you just... Yeah, of course, yeah. I think last season we saw so many disastrous moments with him that, like really really fundamental errors that you just that were entirely preventable things like um 
bad distribution, yeah, bad yeah. positioning. Yeah, on the ball. He would try and dribble around a, an attacker. It was, right. it was madness. And he actually conceded goals trying to do that. In the UEFA Youth League and for Castilla, he's done that this season as well. Yeah. Last season, he was the second worst player in the team. And this season, he will be the worst player in the team. And for him to be the player that's got the, the first team spot at the moment is ludicrous. The... Um... There was a stretch last season of a few games where he he actually looked really good. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. was when he came, it was after he came back from injury. He looked pretty promising, yeah. um, which is why it's so disappointing that in the games he's played this season, he's just reverted straight back to his his original form. Mm-hmm. I like Bellman a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. I feel uh, he's underrated. I don't know why. It's something about him. Um, you just it's, he's so easy to overlook, but he he's been great. Well, I think like part of the reasons why Castilla don't concede as many goals is partly because of him. Because like yeah. while players like Manu Hernando and Javi Sanchez and these guys have been really good defensively, yeah, yeah, uh, Jose Leon and who is, I who is or borderline too old to be in Castilla, <laughs> great, <though. laughs> but also very good, very good yeah. defender. Um, and but Bellman mops a lot of things up too, yeah. just with yeah. brilliant saves. I like how they 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 work together very well because they're at. I wouldn't say the peak of their kind of defensive abilities, but they are going very strong. Um, I haven't seen much of Moha, but I understand he's good and he had a successful penalty shootout. He's recently. very highly rated and there are kind of these highlight reels to back that up. But from what I've actually seen of him, um, perhaps that kind of hype is misplaced. I don't want to kind of shoot anyone down too early because he'll come and play for Castilla hopefully next year but um, there, there's things to work on there for sure I think he first trained with Real Madrid the first team when he was like 16 um, which is where that kind of hype train sets off from the station but he there's there's a lot to work on for sure um, the question about so um, who can we call up so that we don't need to throw our money at De Gea or Kepa the answer is None of these goalkeepers you mentioned are going to be... Plus- We're going to have to... In, yeah. a, in that area, there is going to have to be big money spent, I yeah. think. Because yeah. I, I, any of these goalkeepers you mentioned, they're going to be backups at best. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there'll, be, there'll be some good kind of third-team roles, maybe even kind of a backup goalkeeper. But in terms of a starting spot, no. No, no. no. And plus, I don't know if you saw De Gea last night. I was like, man, just I didn't sign know. He was yeah, no, unbelievable. What a fit he would Sevilla. make as well. It would be amazing. Oh, yeah, one just yeah. I mean, it's a different discussion, but I yeah, I don't yeah. think it's a scenario where you don't need to buy someone of that caliber. Kepa is kind of a long lost cause now. Um, yeah, but um, Saad Salman says, who according to you is the best player in Castilla and can eventually make it to the first team? Um. Um. What I would say, the, I would say the best player is um, Danny Gomez, I'd say, on his day, is the best player. Um, Sayawane, however, is the most consistent player. In terms of them making it to the first team, with the problem regarding Danny Gomez, at the moment there is no chance. Sayawane actually made his first team debut this season, which is interesting, which means he's on that kind of radar. Um, right. Was that in the preseason? I can't remember. It was... No, he, he was against Fiume Labrada in the Copa del Rey, okay. and he played terribly um but mm. the, the point is he made that kind of step up the first team called him up um and they, they were willing to play him which means they've invested some sort of interest in him mm-hmm. um and his rate of progression i love 
kind of going by these these rate of progressions per se um and his rate of progression is is incredible he, he's shot up massively from last season um so if he continues you never know but um at this moment in time i don't think that there's many first team opportunities for for the players in this side <clears throat> i agree with you um mm. i think like some of the the better ones like we didn't talk about franchu for example but yeah. even Franchu, I, I'm not sure I've seen enough of him. He, I, I see that enough from him, case. sorry. Yeah. He's improving, but I find him, in a way, so one-dimensional uh, as a winger. In terms of a bag full of tricks, maybe he has half a bag full in his yeah. locker. I'm not sure. He's he's a good player, but I feel I feel there's there's plenty that can be improved there as well. He works really hard. Um, yeah, yeah, sure. That. I think some of these players that we saw with the under nineteen and with Guti, and we were really excited about, they just haven't necessarily been able to carry over that form. Yeah, which is which um, is fine because you know you got to be patient with them. They're kids and they're going to new levels, and it's going to take time. But um, it's, nothing it's that jumps out at you. Be, it's always going to be tough coming into when you've won the treble. You're your historic Real Madrid side coming into a side managed by a man who probably shouldn't be managing the under nines. Um, he, a lot of them are misplaced. Alex Martin, who all of them, I think most of the young defenders have signed first team contracts, which is really interesting. But he's a lot of them have been misplayed this season as well. So there, there's been trust placed there. But I think they're going to have to progress further if they want to kind of earn any any further rewards. Any love for Casada? Do you think he? The problem because as a left back, he there was a genuine chance at some point that he he would get. Uh, perhaps an opportunity as a left winger I don't think that chance is there um, no what's interesting for him now is if he does well obviously this is probably his last season because dear when he does move on where he will choose to play because he's now he's got that kind of skill set where he can operate anywhere down that left hand side he's certainly well he's 22 so he's not that young anymore um, no maybe years from now he goes somewhere he comes back he develops into like a yeah you never you, these these kids progress massively and it, all it takes is one good move one one bit of luck i suppose to start with with a decent side um and their rate of progression all of a sudden kind of moves beyond beyond four well let's say he goes somewhere he improves he comes back and develops into like a lucas vasquez type role where he is a really solid winger who can defend, who can put in crosses, mm. and is not bothered if he doesn't play much and just come kind of like a Nacho Lucas Vasquez type server. You know what I mean? Inter- I mean, I'm a huge advocate for him playing as a left back. I think he's one of the best Castilla left backs I've seen in, in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I could that that could happen. I mean, nothing is unthinkable. Lucas Vasquez, back when he was playing Castilla, he had no chance of, of a first team spot. Um, he scored obviously fast forward a few years he's scoring penalties in Champions League finals like you you never know if there's if watching and following Castillo has taught me one thing it's it's never write anybody off right apart from Lucas Adam I mean look Mario Hermoso went from Castilla to a starting La Liga defender exactly and and Lionheart was was worse than him Mm -hmm. last season he had a really not a poor season but it, it was an underwhelming season and all of a sudden he's now a starting international for Austria who uh, who are not a bad side at all and he at one point was starting for Freiburg so anything can happen last question um almost the best for last cuz i can't believe we haven't talked about him yet 
Okay. <laughs> Ashish Mina on Facebook says, what is up with Oscar? Um, I don't think anything is up. I'm guessing this question is based on the penalty miss yesterday and perhaps the lack of top performances this season. But I don't think anything is up with him. I just think it's he's one of the players that has found it tough to make that transition from from youth football to senior football. Um, and it can be hard. He He's a great player. He's got all the ability in the world. His dead balls are incredible. His free kicks are incredible. Yeah. I've never seen anything like it. He's um, He's got uh, a lot of great characteristics. All I would say is he has been massively disappointing this season. He's been average at best. He's got no man of the match awards. He His stats are pretty decent, but uh, there's going to have to be a massive improvement if he really wants to make this kind of Real Madrid dream realistic. He's just so raw. Like Yeah. He's so raw and you can tell that when you when you watch him play. And now granted I didn't watch him with the under nineteens. I kinda left that stuff to Andra <laughs> on managing Madrid and and uh there's only so much football you can watch and you gotta cut cut it off somewhere. Yeah. Um with Castilla when and, and oh we also saw him with like when he was called up to the A team and he scored that yes, that yeah. preseason screamer right. obviously and he's the type of player, even now with Castilla, you watch him like, you know he can shoot. If he has oh, yeah. like 10 centimeters in front of him, it doesn't matter if he's he 30 yards, yeah. 40 yards, 85 million <laughs> yards, he'll shoot it. It's like, and I've told you this before, it's like when you play FIFA and you're you're using Ronaldo, you'll shoot. If, if there's <laughs> is any space, you shoot from wherever. When you have that kind of shot, why won't yeah. you? That being said, his conversion rate is really poor. So Correct. It hasn't, there's, there's two, yeah. it hasn't really materialized. He's been really I off mean, the mark. He's, he's scored a couple free kicks. He's so highly rated. The, the, the first team's Twitter with God knows how many followers um, was tweeting about him in preseason when he was scoring these this kind of world-class goal against Manchester City. Yeah. Um, he, he's had plenty of opportunities to train with the first team. Uh, he's, there's plenty of hype behind him. The problem, without sounding ridiculously harsh, he is the player that the media make Martin Erdegaard to be. Um, he, he's been really disappointing off the back of, of what everyone knows he can do because he can produce some top quality stuff. Um, he's so young. He's going to be. I know for a fact he's going to be a top player when he's older at, at some stage or another. I'm not sure that will be at Real Madrid because... Um, I think the step up is going to be too great for him, but um, I would. I think Castilla's the perfect place for him right now, for sure. He's only nineteen. Mm. Um, I think you you make really good points. I think that's kind of how I see it too. So he's kind of like exciting. He's he's also frustrating at this stage of his career yeah. because his while he can, I mean, we've seen. I think it was the game against Krushko. And where he actually kind of like played a bunch of these minutes as a right winger, not on paper, but he ended up there and he was like beating players on the flank. And mm. and that was like that's kind of like Franchu's role usually. And <laughs> and so he kind of like surprises you and, and does these things. But his decision making has been poor. Um, yeah. Like easy passes. He can just misplace, especially from deep when the team can't afford to give the ball away. There's. But he he works hard defensively. Um, mm. But I think his biggest thing is IQ and decision making at this point, which will hopefully come. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there, there's plenty still to develop, and I'm sure it will be developed. Um, I've just checked their their ages. Uh, Oscar Rodriguez is older than Martin Odegaard, um, and football, especially when you're talking about the the top cut, like a team of of the standard of Real Madrid, is can be ruthless. And I don't see. 
especially with the performances and the, the kind of progressions that Oscar is going through right now. I don't see that opportunity for him opening up. Obviously, um, someone at the first team likes him. Uh, he's got He has fans at the club, so you never know. What does that mean? I mean, in the way I feel that, that Tejero and players like that who have these kind of appearances, they, they get called up more than others. Mm. I think that there are people that are perhaps, I don't want to use the word favoritise, but that there are people that will um, put an arm on their shoulder to help them come along more than with other players. Um, for instance, would you say that Tejero deserves more call-ups than Luis Mikasada, who has, I don't think he has a single appearance for the first team. You're right. I mean, um, you could spare one of those Tejero appearances for, for Casada at least. I think, I think you could spare all the, of them. The first team and people, perhaps not Zidane, I don't know, people who influence the first team have their favourite youth players, I think. is is It's just how I feel at this moment in time. No, yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Mm. Like, these are... And I think Oscar, I think Oscar uh, is one of those players, for sure. Um, old man is still there, by the way. Of course he is, yeah. yeah. So this is this is the crazy thing I discovered on my last visit to Castilla. I didn't go actually to this. I was a couple weekends. When was last week? I was at the PSG game. There was a Castilla game that weekend. I just decided not to go. I it, it's it's cold in Madrid. It's like a thirty euro Uber ride to get wow. there. And Solari didn't answer my question last time, and I was I was my my feelings were hurt. <laughs> But one thing I did notice um, last time I went to a Castilla game, uh, I guess it was in December. Yeah. So we know we know old man now. He's famous. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I discovered something new about him this time because I was sitting right behind him, like his head was right in front of me, the seat in front of me. And um, okay. do you can you hear on the Real Madrid TV feed at some points during the game? It sounds like this little girl is screaming. It's like one person, and and she goes, Castilla, Castilla. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, definitely. That's old man. Really? Yeah, that's old man. Have you spoken to him? No. Oh no. I mean, how? I'm intrigued. How often are you in Madrid? Four times a year, I'd say. No. What do you mean? Really? Well, you don't believe I mean, me? <laughs> it seems. I think you've been four times in the past month, surely. Well, it seems that way because uh, I went, I really didn't space out my trips this last time because I was there like for almost the entirety of December. And then I went back for PSG and Sociedad. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, you should definitely speak to him. Um, you get the podcast, mate. Uh, it's not a bad idea. I'd love to know his story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Alex wow, Kirkland yeah. was saying that also he goes to every basketball game. Oh, really? Yeah, that's interesting. Real Madrid Baloncesto. Does yeah. he go to the Bernabeu? I don't know. And if he's there, it's impossible oh, to spot him out. Yeah, yeah, that's a terrible question. <laughs> no, it's not a terrible question. Maybe like, I don't know. It's maybe um, it's common knowledge he does go. I don't know. I'm sure he does. I'm sure he does. Um. Anything else? When you said when you said that Odegaard is younger than Oscar, it reminded me that um, <laughs> that it's just still crazy how young Odegaard it's is. Ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah. He the only player that I can remember coming through Castilla who's younger is Ashraf, who yeah. is a, only a few months younger, um, and he's been playing. Odegaard's been playing Castilla since he was the day he turned sixteen, I think. 
Isn't it crazy? Like, doesn't it seem like he's been around forever? It's actually, it's mental because um, I looked up the record. There was there was a player called Alipio who joined from Brazil a few years ago and he took the record for youngest player to ever play for Castilla. He was 17. And I was thinking to myself, there can't have been a player younger than Erdegaard to ever play for Castilla. And I looked it up and I had to do my own calculations, but he is the youngest ever player to play for Castilla. Huh, interesting. Yeah, and the, and the first team and probably many, many other teams that I can't list right now. Um. Just, I know we've we've said this so many times. It's getting kind of annoying, but it's isn't it crazy that he's this young and so many people wrote him, wrote him off so early. I don't understand. I don't, I don't know what sparked it. What um, what like what did they do? To, what did he do to them? I don't get it. It's amazing, isn't it? I, it was on the day as well. Those those eighty grand a week rumors that were preposterous mm. turned up on the day. Um, it's incredible. I I can't tell you. Um, was what was the most recent one? Who was it that tweeted it? Was it BBC? Oh, it was a few days. It was all over my mentions the other day. There was it was a guy uh, who's American actually from the New York Times. Right, that was a good article he, though, wasn't it? It was not bad, but it pushed certain. I mean, you could tell it wasn't the. It was. It, I don't want to call it lazy because the guy apparently. I, I don't know much about him, but he's a very good journalist. Um, uh-huh. I think it, it won't have been one of his best pieces. He came back. It was he watched Martin's first game back from injury, and then based upon what he saw, which he wasn't very impressed with, um, he decided that was worthy to write an article to a, a Twitter account with something like fifty million followers about uh-huh. how perhaps uh, Martin Ogata has not progressed as much as people. Uh-huh. Which again is an opinion; it's a take. Um, it wasn't the most negative article I've ever read, but I yeah. don't. I, when I was reading it, I just felt the same kind of frustration that I read with with every generic lazy Martin Odegaard article. No, um, there was one also a few days before that. I think it was. I think it was a BBC tweet, and it I've was seen like a BBC tweet about Martin it. Martin Odegaard has only understand. appeared twice since signing. What, I mean, <laughs> and then the question was like, what other players have failed or something? Like I mean, here in England, we are so oblivious to the whole B team system. Um, uh, I if if you asked anyone in England, I don't think they would be able to 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 pick a team with. I mean, Lionel Messi came from a B team. Um, some of the top players in the world, every top country in the world has this B team system where they can help their players to gain this kind of first team experience. In England, we don't have that, and we we really struggle for it. Um, but we also fail to understand how it works and. And if it's not our way, we we seem to be quite negative towards that. Um, obviously, he he was very close to a Liverpool move, so there's a, there's a lot of resentment from people that that uh, he rejected or or rejected their clubs at least. We have to continue to spread the good word and bring the mm. real stuff to people. <laughs> we have a duty as journalists um, For sure to to kind of flip the switch. Also. We have to because I've been trying to get an interview with him for so long, and I've been texting his agent. And oh, really? <laughs> yes, and he, he and I keep getting turned down and rejected. And, you should um, go into Holland at some point. I think. Well, it's, it's not even then. He was like, "You, Martin, just doesn't want to speak to anybody." And yeah, I can imagine that he 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 will be very very cautious about who he speaks to because we could quite easily be. One, we're one out of a thousand, and we could be one of the other thousand that would just turn everything that he says. Slander him. Poor, poor, yeah, exactly. That's why we have to kind of continue to distinguish ourselves so that Martin mm. will be like, oh, these guys are cool. Let me talk to these guys. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, but the only way you can really get close to him now is if you if he happens to be one of the players you can talk to in yeah. the press zone after the game if you're in Holland. So I mean, it's, it's impossible. A, I, all I did was report. I just said what I saw uh, at the time, and I remember people in the media. I think there was speculation that I was Norwegian myself or I was related to him, and uh, I got loads of notifications shooting me down, just saying what what I was saying was completely incorrect. And it was from people that have never and probably will never watch him. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. There, there were so many problems that I, I've, um, I've come across people saying that um, that uh, I was a personal friend of him, or or as soon as he left Castilla, I was going to go back to being uh, a Norwegian account or something like that. And there oh is it's madness. Yeah, um, and that's literally just me reporting what what I saw on the pitch. This is the internet, Sam. This is <laughs> the internet yeah. in a nutshell. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, do you want to plug anything before I let you go? Um, I think we've we've covered a lot. I don't think is there a player we've missed? Do you think? I'm sure, but it, we <laughs> yeah. can't speak about every player, can we? No, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to do it again very soon, just in case. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll do this weekly. We'll this do it weekly. Like that. Yeah, yeah. Really. <laughs> we'll give it a go. We'll think about it. <laughs> um, well, we just, who knows, like, it's, it's always interesting to reevaluate things mm. periodically because our conversations change, players' forms change. For sure, yeah, it could be amazing. Next uh, time we speak, it could be regarding a new manager, you never know. Could be. One can dream. Times. This, um, <laughs> nobody, nobody is putting out Castilla content even on this level. So, I, this, this might be the most comprehensive Castilla podcast ever recorded. Mm, this very episode i think we may have just made history (laughs) i could speak about it for hours which is probably uh, a very sad fact i wrote i wrote notes we spoke about every player almost every good player on last year's team yeah but hermoso leonhardt circo diaz febas valverde sayoane cristo is um is in the league above munoz yeah he scored uh, the other day as well he is um I guess someone we didn't really talk about, but he's not. I suppose there's not. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> I don't think he'll be back in Madrid anytime soon. Is but we still own the rights to him. Um, good question. Actually, I think we do. I think he's on loan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of players on loan that we didn't talk. Like, for example, Abner. What happened to Abner? Um, we still he, own him. I know. Played a handful of games in the two or three years he was here, just because his injury was, he was injured, horrific. Yeah. Yeah. But he's playing in the Portuguese top flight, so right. yeah, he's. I think he's starting as well, so you can't argue with his progression either. Yeah, yeah, fair play to him. Okay, I think this yeah. is a good place to wrap it up, Sam. Why don't you give us cool. an update before we leave um, on the the fantasy league? Um, I almost went top for the past two weeks I was 10 and 5 minutes away and instead I'm 7th place and you have gone from second bottom to second top so there's, wow I don't really want to speak about it really. <laughs> <laughs> what's that all about I hate I've, just uh, makes it so I've made a resurgent I, I found a, I found an algorithm and I think I've I think there's still card. between the top and the bottom there's still like 5 points so it's 5 Andre's not picked up a point yet which is uh, no one's teasing him about it so what's going on there this is surprising I think it's surprising because Ondra is one of the gurus. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think someone should definitely. Now we know he's a fraud. I think I don't. Yeah. <laughs> we need to take him off the, the master. And David uh, Alex Kirkland couldn't do it 
because he um, would have to predict a win for every game. Um, why is he? Uh, why? It, that's that's you, ridiculous. I just guess they're unemployed. And interestingly, um, David Casado, who uh, works on the touchline for Castilla, has predicted a win for every game. Um, even some of the ones that just Castilla are not going to win. Wait, don't so, we have uh, another Castilla commentator in the pool too? Who is he? We do, yes. He, luckily for, this is the guy that we have been very interested because in his viewpoints are very kind of uh, opposite to the way that Real Madrid TV kind of operate. Yeah. Um, they, I, I don't think he's, he's even allowed to not say half the things he said. <laughs> he's not employed by them, luckily. He's just invited to uh, to come and commentate. So he's, he's like a freelancer. Football. Yeah, yeah, he's like a freelancer that that comes on to Real Madrid TV and that allows him, I think, a little bit more freedom. He predicts, some of his predictions are all over the shop. Um, okay. But he's great. Interesting. He's unemployed by them. No, and he, obviously, he reads your tweets out every time he, he, he's on the on the mic. Every, um, every time. Is a, he yeah. did it once. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. Uh, um, no, I like him a lot. He's a great guy. Um, but he, he, um, He's based in Madrid. He he covers first team games for another company. He covers Castilla he and basketball games. Basketball, yeah. So he's very unbiased to the point when we first he's, heard he's him. Great, yeah. When we he's, first he's heard really him. Unbiased. We were like, oh my god, this this guy I think is your a tweet bit too unbiased. My tweet was horrible. It was my tweet. <laughs> so I I was watching the game on my laptop and I put out a tweet and I said. It was something really negative about Castilla, about just the way they yeah, were playing. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, then I he, go. Um, he's agreed as well. <laughs> I go to the bathroom and I come back and I missed him say it. And I come back to all these tweets and I go, oh "My God!" They said they read your tweet on Real Madrid TV and and I was like, "What? Why? It's a, that's not a good look for me." I, I didn't want anyone to know I said that. <laughs> you didn't I'm trying, tag to, I'm trying to be a good relationship with the club here. Just yeah, amazing. My stuff oh. and... <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, t- I told uh, Alex Kirkland that when I saw him in person because he was he was saying that he didn't he hasn't had a chance to watch Castilla because they kind of do have him doing other things and he was like legal, what he, what that's he said that on air what perhaps you should um, put your name forward for a for a game or two no I think I would be a terrible yeah. commentator I think I'm the same but mm-hmm. I'm sure no you should give it a go 100 percent it 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 looks like it had it requires an art and a skill which I there don't have there is one guy though who will say. Uh, one of the most random incorrect facts, at least once every game. Some of the weirdest facts he comes out with um, that just couldn't be more wrong every single game. Which one is he? Is it, is it? I think the last one I heard was that Valverde was brought in to replace Casemiro uh, in Castilla, and I don't know how you could have got to that kind of that point where you think that would be true and you would say that. I think. These guys, before going into Castilla games, they make bets or something, or they say, <laughs> how am I going to entertain myself? <laughs> I mean, you've got to think, Casemiro, by that time, by the time Valverde had, had joined Castilla, he had won the Champions League with Real Madrid, been loaned out, was it twice or once? Casemiro? Yeah, yeah. He went to Porto. He went to I think Porto. That was it. I think there was so just the one. He won yeah. the Champions League, he'd been loaned out, and he'd come back and he'd won the Champions League. I don't... It's amazing. Mm. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, well, I'm sure you're right. Um, <laughs> one of the ones Alex Kirkland doesn't really do Castilla games much anymore, but no. he did one recently, and it was the most boring Castilla game 
maybe in history of Castilla. The funniest thing is when there's a minute or two silent. They, I don't think they know what they're doing. Yeah, they just no, want to sleep. I, I, I think. think there are definitely moments where you can tell they just stop watching and they're <laughs> yeah, just yeah, on their phone. It's just, it's, and yeah. I tweeted like I was like, God bless Alex. And then like I can tell like during a live broadcast because he likes the tweet. <laughs> and then he messaged then, me at um, halftime. He was like, that was painful. The funny thing is sometimes you can hear the, uh, the Spanish commentators in the next room because obviously they're very they're very loud and they're they're outgoing that you can hear them kind of screaming at the, i don't i don't see how they they they're incredibly no confused. god god bless them 100 times yeah yeah absolutely how they actually happen? make it semi in- amazing, i'm amazed yeah. that they they find it that exciting <laughs> any uh, any uh, any action in the final third is yes the result of shout yeah yeah any any time castilla across the halfway line the, 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 their pitch their tone <laughs> the voice changes. is raised yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> amazing uh, always a pleasure, Sam. Mm, I can speak about this for hours, man. Yeah, ditto. But we gotta. People have probably stopped listening. Cool. Half an hour yeah, they probably. Stuff. They're doing. Uh, they're probably favorite tweets as well. Tuned out. Um, <laughs> let's spread this podcast far and wide. People must cool. know uh, of, of our work. Awesome. Yeah. All right, Sam Sharp. Always a pleasure. Chat soon. Absolutely. Thanks, my friend. See you next week or next year. Goodbye. <laughs>